The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray together? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation. And all God's people said, Amen. When we remember how God sees us, we soar like eagles. When we remember how God embraces us, we have strength to carry on. When we remember how God is with us, we are transformed by God's peace. On the cover of our worship guide, there's a picture. It's not a strange kind of bird. It's not a new superhero. It's me. Let me tell you about that. One day when I was about 45, I received a telephone call from Jill, one of my best friend's wives. And she said, John, Alan's turning 40, and he wants to jump out of an airplane for his 40th birthday. But because of his size and shape, he can't do it up here in Dallas where we could watch him. He has to go down to Houston for aerodynamics and thermodynamics and things I know you probably don't understand. But I don't want Alan to jump out of an airplane by himself. Will you go with him? Yes, I said. Instantly, without a thought, without a care, without comprehension, Jill asked me to do something for Alan, and I said, yes. And we were both silent for about five minutes. And I said, did, did I just say yes? And she said, you sure did, and I'm going to hold you to it. So we arrived at, at Skydive Houston in Rose Sharon, Texas, and, and went through our lesson time and suited up in our jumpsuit after emptying everything out of our pockets and put our harness on and got in the plane. By the way, when we got there, this guy who must have been as old as Methuselah was working on the front wheel of the airplane. I don't know if it really needed repair or if he was just encouraging us to leave the airplane at 14,000 feet above the ground. So, so we climbed up to 14,000 feet and, and our jump instructors clipped into our harness from their harness and there were two other skydivers who were independent skydivers and we were sitting in the plane at the green light went on and they disappeared out the door. I, it, I, it was instant. They were gone. <laughs> I got kind of concerned. <laughs> and, and JP, my jump instructor, said, okay, PJ, let, let's, let's go. And, and we stood up and we shuffled together to the door and my videographer and photographer was hanging on the side of the airplane, feet flapping in the wind and and I was supposed to hold on to my harness, and 
there was a bar above the door, and I grabbed it. And, and JP said, John, you, you got to let go of the bar for us to jump. And I said, there's no way we're leaving this aircraft. He said, no, you, you paid good money. You're here to jump. Let go. There is no way we're leaving this airplane. You want to go back and talk about it? Sure. Let go of the bar. Are we going to sit down? Yes. Okay. We scoot back. We talk about it. And JP and my friend Alan said, John, you ask people to trust you every day. You ask people to trust God every day. They even quoted Scripture to me. I said, sit down, boys, you're amateurs. <laughs> Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the ages. 14,000 feet in an airplane ain't low. It's way up there. JP said, would it help if Alan went first? I said, maybe. Alan was gone. It didn't help. I was concerned. He's gone. That's my friend, Alan. I'm here because of him. He's gone. So we talked about it some more, and I said, JP, you've, you've done tandem jumps 7,000 times. How many of your students didn't go out of the airplane until it was back on the ground? One. Man. I haven't been first place in much of the competitive things that I've done, I, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I come to an event, and I, I do my very best at that moment, and, and I've learned that in that moment, my very best is what counts, and whatever place it is, it is, but I was not going to be second on that list. And JP said, you can close your eyes if you want to. I said, okay. So we stood back up, I grabbed onto my harness, we went to the door, and my eyes were closed. And the next minute, my eyes were open as we came around from a full somersault in the air, and JP told me to extend my hands, and we were soaring like eagles. I never felt for a moment that I was falling. I never felt for a moment that I possessed fear or fear possessed me. I was more free and more safe than any other time in my whole life. And if you or your significant other calls me and says, will you go jump with them, I'll say no. <laughs> the one and only time, soaring like eagles. When we remember how God sees us, we soar. When our son Ben was about two years old, we went, we went to Jean's house for dinner, and they had a two-story house. It was the first time Ben was in a two-story house, and they had stairs going up to the second floor and a balcony to see over onto the first floor. And Ben learned that Jean was a grandpa, and if he put his arms up and said, up, up, Gene would scoop him up and take him up to the second floor to look out across us who remained on the first floor. And all night long, when we weren't at the dinner table eating dinner, we heard Benjamin say, up, 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 up. That's all he said because he wanted to go. Do you remember when we were young enough that we knew we could soar through the skies? 
The truth is, when we remember how God sees us as sons and daughters, we can soar. When we remember how God embraces us, we are strong enough to carry on. We are strong enough to carry on. Mother Teresa, who began a new order of nuns called the Sisters of Mercy in Calcutta, India, in the poorest of the poorest sections, with the, the least of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of Jesus, she would hold people's head in her laps as they came to the point of breathing their last. She often told her sisters and us, we can do no great things. We can only do small things with great love. We can only do small things with great love. And that great love is God's love. In the 136th Psalm, every second line of all 26 verses reads, for his steadfast love endures forever. Will you say that with me? For his steadfast love endures forever. I'll read the first line of a few verses. We'll say the second line together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. It is he who remembered us in our low estate. For his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes. For his steadfast love endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his steadfast love forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. For his steadfast love endures forever. The psalmist knew of God's enduring steadfast love that is eternal and knew not only that but of its importance for us to be reminded as we read this psalm that every second line calls out to us to embrace us and hold us close in God's steadfast love. Remember when we were invincible and nothing could stop us from anything we felt like we were called to do. The truth is, my brothers and sisters, when we remember how God embraces us, we have strength to carry on. When we remember how God is with us, we are transformed by God's peace. In this season after Epiphany, Epiphany, what is an Epiphany? It is a revelation. The realizing, the understanding, the experience of the divine. And the Epiphany that we celebrate, we call the Incarnation. It's not a flower arrangement. It's the incarnation. As Eugene Peterson translates the scriptures, he wrote, God moved into the neighborhood to stay. It is the very dwelling of the Most High God in the second person of the Trinity that we know and experience 
in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In this season of Epiphany, we are walking through the stories of the Old Testament that remind us that God is and has always been with us. In fact, Jesus' name, Emmanuel, means God is with us. Will you say God is with us? In the storm, God is with us. In the aftermath, God is with us. In times of change, God is with us. In times of constancy, God is with us. In the calm and quiet moments of life, God is with us. And in this sacred meal, God is with us. Remember when we were certain that we knew all there was to know about all there is to know? When we remember God is with us, God's presence transforms our lives because of God's peace. So as transformed people, we may participate in God's transformation and redemption of the world. To make disciples who love this city with the heart of Christ. In God's eyes are our wings that we might soar like eagles. In God's hands is our strength that we might carry on. And in God's presence is our peace that we might help transform the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.